Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Fertility in Focus podcast. I'm your host, Christina Burns. I'm a doctor of natural medicine specializing in the treatment of infertility via natural and integrative methods. I founded the Naturna Institute in New York City, where my team and I work with women and couples, often in collaboration with Western medical doctors, to guide the path to healthy conception. In this podcast, you'll learn all about your body and everything in the fertility landscape to help you realize your dream of baby. I'll be bringing you the best of advice from experts in the fields of both natural and conventional medicine, as well as the heartfelt and very helpful stories of brave fertility heroes on their path to baby. Let's dive into today's episode. Welcome, everyone. Today, we are going to be tackling a kind of niche topic, and that is how homocysteine levels in the body could be associated with fertility challenge. And homocysteine is relevant because it causes a massive amount of inflammation in our body. It's something that can actually be tested for. And it's something that's occurring under the radar for a lot of women they're not aware of. And so because we can test for it, because there are some easy fixes for it, and because it can affect our fertility, I thought it was a it would be a good thing to kind of get a little savvy on this uh, in this short episode. So what is homocysteine? Homocysteine is a sulfur-containing amino acid naturally produced in our bodies as a metabolite of amino acid methionine. It is an inflammatory and toxic amino acid that can damage blood vessels, contributing to blood clots and cardiovascular disease. And because healthy blood vessels and folate levels are very important for pregnancy, high homocysteine can make it difficult to conceive and or maintain a pregnancy. Now, there's not a ton of info on this. Like they're trying to dive deeper and measure the correlation between homocysteine and pregnancy loss and homocysteine and infertility. But I think one of the issues is like homocysteine is basically like an inflammatory bomb. So it's having far reaching effects in our physiology. And it's sometimes hard to do like very specific tests on this because also homocysteine levels aren't always consistently elevated. This is why I think it's sneaky and important to talk about because you could be having sort of floods of homocysteine that you're not aware of. Like you could feel puffy and off, agitated because your homocysteine levels are elevated, but then they could go back down. But if they kind of keep having these waves, then I'm worried about the toxic effect on your fertility. The the health effects of homocysteine are that they aggravate an immune response. They cause widespread inflammation, as mentioned. Uh, They significantly increase oxidative stress. And oxidative stress and oxidative damage is something I've talked about a lot in my episodes, and it is really hard on eggs and sperm. Um, so it can affect implantation, it can affect circulation so that you you know can't maintain a pregnancy. But since so many women have unexplained fertility, infertility, or egg quality issues, this could be a big one. Like floods of homocysteine could be affecting things. Now, it can definitely worsen blood clotting disorders. So if you have a diagnosed blood clotting disorder, then this can increase risks of pregnancy complications and prevent you from getting pregnant. And so 
Another, and then it can also be neurotoxic, which means that it affects your brain chemistry. It can exacerbate anxiety and mood disorders big time. Elevated homocysteine levels are very commonly found in women with polycystic ovarian syndrome. And also, again, with uh, blood clotting disorders and then things like MTHFR mutations. The causes, I think it's it comes down to a certain physiological makeup and a physiological predisposition. So if it's happening a lot with women with PCOS and or MTHFR, then I'm seeing it more in people with insulin resistance. And that's another thing that I touch on in my podcast a lot. And I think a major culprit of unexplained and explained infertility is, is insulin resistance and metabolic syndrome. So blood sugar imbalances, like a liver that tends to not process that well. These are some of the predispositions, like a family history of cardiovascular disease, stroke, diabetes. These are going to be predisposing factors to having issues with your homocysteine levels. Now, if you have this predisposition, the things that are going to aggravate it or make you more likely to have issues are a folate deficiency. And this is really interesting because folate has been shown in studies to improve egg quality and it's a basic nutrient. It also prevents neural tube defects like spina bifida, for example. So folate is crucial, but not only folate, there are other B vitamins like the B6 and B12 that help the absorption of folate um, and that help the liver metabolize um, toxic metabolites of all different sorts. Uh, another underlying cause of uh, high homocysteine or homocysteine fluctuations are is a high protein diet, animal protein, usually red meat, especially the conventional ones that are that tend to be more inflammatory. So I will see like people deflate on a more plant-based diet, like when they take out the red meat or the poor quality red meat, or maybe they just downgrade the portions of the meat into a smaller portion, then there is a huge change in how puffy and agitated and foggy they are. And that's oftentimes the homocysteine levels coming down. Other causes or predisposing factors, MTHFR gene mutation. This is super, super common. Um, I have two copies myself. I see it a lot in my patients can predispose to miscarriage and fertility issues. But if your lifestyle is pretty much aligned, it, it doesn't doesn't cause a lot of issues. Immune disruptions. Interestingly, high levels of homocysteine may predispose you to having a serious version of COVID-19 or potentially even side effects from the vaccine due to the potential cardiovascular injury. So that's an interesting thing that I was sort of like digging into as I was looking at this topic is like homocysteine and COVID. Because homocysteine, people with higher homocysteine levels tend to be more pro-inflammatory, like more of a tendency to get inflamed. And so you're going to be more likely to get inflamed from the spike protein from COVID-19 or the vaccine. Symptoms and health effects of elevated homocysteine. So many people with elevated homocysteine have no symptoms or they're just unaware of the symptoms because it's like, oh, you're puffy and the puffiness goes away. Or maybe you're consistently puffy and have blotchy skin and have pain and are agitated, but it can, in more advanced situations, manifest as blood clots and cardiovascular conditions. But I mean, that's like, that's really advanced. In the early stages, we're just seeing like tissue damage, cellular damage, issues with egg quality, issues with sperm. It hasn't totally damaged like, you know, heart tissue yet. Puffiness, weight gain, anemia type symptoms, dizziness, feeling inflamed everywhere. And because homocysteine is neurotoxic, as I mentioned before, some people with elevated homocysteine may experience anxiety and mood swings. Why do we care for fertility and hormones? Well, 
Estrogen tends to lower homocysteine uh, because methylation is important in hormone production and breakdown. Homocysteine often correlates with hormone imbalances or lower fertility. High homocysteine correlates with lack of ovulation, an anovulatory cycle, um, both in healthy women and women with polycystic ovarian syndrome. So that's another reason why I see homocysteine being higher in women with PCOS or anovulatory cycles, the estrogen connection. Also, women with higher homocysteine due to lower estrogen tend to have lower luteal phase progesterone and higher follicle-stimulating hormone at ovulation. So higher FSH levels, lower progesterone, not good for implantation. So we don't know which one's coming first, but we know that there is basically like a negative correlation that like higher homocysteine is associated with like lower hormone levels and um, lower fertility as a result or higher FSH, which is not ideal for egg quality. The blood vessel damaging effects of homocysteine could damage the endometrium and disrupt uh, implantation, which could potentially lead to chemical pregnancy, no pregnancy, or miscarriage. Many women with unexplained fertility have elevated serum homocysteine because we can test for that. Treatments that lower homocysteine improve their fertility outcomes in some studies, which is very interesting. Among infertile women receiving fertility treatments, lower homocysteine in the follicular fluid was associated with a better chance of clinical pregnancy. And that, again, Again, it's an inflammatory bomb. It damages uh, the blood flow. It damages the, the cells. So it makes sense that if we lower homocysteine, we're going to have better outcomes. Women with PCOS, polycystic ovarian syndrome, with elevated homocysteine are significantly more likely to suffer from repeat miscarriage than those with normal homocysteine levels. And in some cases, treatments with diabetic drugs, such as metformin, may increase homocysteine. So this is a scary thing because a lot of women are being put on metformin to help them conceive and it can in some cases really help. But if there is the propensity for it to be potentially increasing homocysteine over time, then that is going to be an issue. I am a big fan of controlling PCOS and insulin resistance with diet and lifestyle and natural medicine over going to the metformin, but I do think that drugs like metformin do have some benefits. Given that PCOS increases cardiovascular risk because it's a metabolic disorder, high homocysteine should be tested and treated especially in women with PCOS. But women aren't the only ones affected. It affects men too. So folate is important for DNA synthesis and remethylation of homocysteine in methionine. And high homocysteine, a typical sign of low folate, may impair sperm production due to the reduced DNA synthesis and abnormal methylation. So, And then if the guy has also um, the MTHFR gene mutation, this is a bigger issue. The inflammation from hyperhomocysteinemia can lead to impaired sperm parameters and infertility, and the increased oxidative stress can damage sperm DNA. And, and why couldn't it do the same to eggs, right? Also, homocysteine impairs healthy circulation, um, which is important for male sexual function. So um, we're talking about like erectile dysfunction at this point, if there's high homocysteine, because it reduces nitric oxide production, which is important both for male sexual function, sperm production, and the fertilization process. Process. Among couples undergoing IVF, higher homocysteine leads to lower quality embryos. So if we're in a battle to get these good quality eggs, good quality embryos, um, good quality sperm, then homocysteine is the enemy. During pregnancy, homocysteine levels decline to the lowest during the second trimester and increase in the third trimester. This is potentially because the placenta is secreting something that makes us more insulin resistant. This could lead to high blood pressure complications, preeclampsia, 
placental abruption. So, you know, especially if you have any blood clotting factors like antiphospholipid syndrome, lupus, factor V Leiden, protein C, MTHFR, then you want to be paying attention to this homocystinemia issue more than maybe others. You also really want to be paying attention to your intake of B vitamins because they are crucial in keeping homocysteine down. So we have our folate, our B2, B6, B9, and B12. So being on a good prenatal, um, we recommend some at Eterna that are really helpful because they you don't have to take extra bees on top of it. There's enough in the prenatals because the prenatals are super high in it. But you can also add something like a 5-MTH type of supplement. Um, you just don't want to overdo it because you could overmethylate and cause some anxiety. Hypothyroidism. Thyroid hormones may influence the activities of the enzymes that break down homocysteine. And so suboptimal thyroid function is not good for homocysteinemia, higher homocysteine. Uh, but I think they feed into each other. There are many medications that increase homocysteine levels. We talked about metformin, but there are others also, other drugs like oral contraceptives even, for example. And maybe oral contraceptives cause that because they deplete B vitamins, and so does metformin, by the way. Digestive issues, celiac disease, IBS, these can interfere with vitamin absorption and lead to elevated homocysteine, and then it, that becomes a vicious circle too. The high-protein diet that I mentioned, especially muscle meat. Um, so basically, like we're always eating like breast and like big hunks of like meat. Could be eating um, a bit more like soups where we're just having smaller pieces of of animal protein. And then we're getting like, you know, not only muscle, but some that comes off the bone and, and in smaller amounts, but we still feel full. So what do we do about this? I mentioned taking B vitamins. I mentioned, you know, the high protein diet and overall an anti-inflammatory diet is important. Booze is really bad for it. And alcohol uh, is just like, it's something that will affect our hormones in many ways, but it, it really will mess with homocysteine levels. It also makes us more depressed. So, you know, anti-inflammatory diet, uh, keeping your liver relatively clean, taking the B vitamins, keeping stress low. Stress is horrible for homocysteine levels. It can raise them. Um, there are other supplements that are super, super helpful, but I'm not one that's like, okay, let's just take all the supplements and that's all you need to do. I'm a, su I'm a super huge fan of herbs and supplements, but I think it needs to be a multifaceted approach, but I will give you the goods just so that you have it. Quercetin is amazing for elevated homocysteine levels, as is NAC or glutathione. Interestingly, these are also good for COVID. Zinc, very good for homocysteine also, also good for COVID. An interesting one that I found that I don't suggest having too much of because of the sugar, there was some research on purple grape juice. So natural, organic, preferably not con some concentrate, but like maybe like, you know, like half an ounce a day kind of thing that that might be helpful in this situation. But I, I still think, you know, reducing inflammatory foods, like more of a plant-based diet with like small amounts of animal food and a lot of water, lower stress, and lower booze, lower acidic foods, lower sugars, and, and lowering things that promote a lot of growth of bacteria and yeast, like breads, for example. Anti-clotting therapy is something that's also used, but in the natural medicine version of that, it's basically acupuncture and things like vitamin E, uh, good healthy exercise, and oxygen. So 
we're living in an era of masks, which is basically us breathing our own exhaust. And uh, I think, you know, I'm sure they have some benefit in a lot of ways and I wear them in my practice. But I, I think there's got to be a downside too to consistently inhaling our own exhaust. So um, whenever you can, I know we have jobs and certain, you know, we have a lot going on right now that makes it so that some of us have to be wearing these pretty consistently, but take them off as often as possible and get fresh air. You know, obviously you don't want to be pissing anybody off or putting yourself at risk, but get fresh oxygen because as it pertains to homocysteine, we need the oxygen. So hope this was helpful. Um, and thank you for listening in. I'm really happy you've tuned in and joined the community. And I'm so excited to bring you more helpful content with each episode. In order to make this podcast as helpful as possible, I want to hear your input on what questions you need answered to get you feeling empowered on your fertility journey. You can DM me on Instagram at at naturna underscore life or at naturally CB to share your most important fertility related questions. And if you're enjoying this podcast, please follow and share with friends. My mission is to help as many women and couples as possible. And for that, I need your help. Yours as always in love and light, Dr. Christina.